Hey, if you're listening to this before the Wild take on the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday, February 24th, make sure to go check out 10K's social media pages during the game, where we'll be hosting a live stream of journalist Jake, Bossman, and Marlowe doing the 993 challenge. That's right, nine hot dogs, nine beers, three periods. It's going to be hilarious content that you won't want to miss, so give it up for the Glizzy Gladiators and head on over to our pals at Better Edge, where you can win real money by placing your bets correctly on who can actually finish this challenge. Use promo code 10K for 10 free bucks and double your money by correctly guessing who can and cannot guzzle some glizzies. Let's go, boys. Thanks again, Better Edge. A goblin glizzy gladiator glistening his gullet with golden light. A goblin glizzy gladiator glistening his gullet with golden light. A goblin glizzy gladiator glistening his gullet with golden light. All right, I'm warmed up now. You ready to do the podcast? Yeah, this is gonna, this I might this might I might need a couple takes on this one. Oh no, I, you got this. All right. Hey guys, this is Kurt Cousins. You're listening to the Wild Takes podcast. God bless. Ahead. Two on one with Niederreiter. He scores! Nito Niederreiter wins it for the Wild! Cut off by Mata. Throws it off front. Dumba scores! Comes Brian Ralston for the Wild. Penalty shot to tie the game. Blast it Oh my, what a shot! You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast, presented by 10,000 Takes. Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast, presented by 10,000 Takes. This is the podcast where we talk about the wild and give our takes. I am Dev. With me, as always, is my broadcastingly attractive co-host, Zooch. And we are recording this a day after Kevin Fiala Day, in which number 22 for the wild scored his second point of the game on the 22nd shot of the game to tie it up at 2-2 in the second period before going on to finish the period plus two and register 22.02 minutes of ice time, all on a gay that was played on Tuesday, 2-2-2-2. Zooch, how are you, bud? You have a happy Tuesday uh, outside of that real tough, tough wild game? Yeah, that yes, was I had, I, had, <laughs> I had a great Tuesday. Um, it was my day off. Got to, you know, yeah. relax. Love this for you. Absolute blizzard of a snowstorm. I slipped on some ice walking out to uh, bring out the garbage cans because, of course, it had to be a blizzard on the day that garbage day comes, you know. That's how it always happens, so right? I, I slammed my elbow onto the ice, hit my head a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it was a great day off, I'd say. Probably <laughs> from a little concussion here. Just a, yeah, I was going to say, it's just a minor concussion. No, it was slippery, though. I'll tell you that much. Ice yeah. is slippery. I can confirm that. Yeah, no, most definitely. Uh, <laughs> love, love that kind of analysis that you're going to be able to get only here on the Wild Text podcast. Uh, breaking news later in the show, we're going to talk about how water is wet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got a lot to talk about. Uh, last last week's episode uh, episodes really we uh, got a little big for our britches. Got a little little, little cocky. Uh, hand up, that's on me. Um, yeah, I predicted or two. You, yeah, you predicted uh, one or two, um, not three, 
Uh, I, I, I predicted yeah. zero and, and, and definitely not three. Uh, tough, go, tough stretch. The wild go one and three against, you know, a team that they, the team, a team that's had their number. Let's team, just be honest. Two teams they should have beat. Uh, yeah, two exactly. Teams they should probably two, beat two teams. They absolutely should have beat one of which has their number. The other, they just took way too lightly. Uh, and then, a, and then a really, really good Panthers team. And then they beat the fucking breaks off of the Edmonton Oilers. So, you know, I guess if you're going to win one, at least they won the one against the guys that we chirp all the time. So like yeah. there's that. So thanks wild. Thanks for stepping up, uh, so that we can, you know, have our Twitter cred still be good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that Panthers game, I kind of said going into it. That's a that's a tough Panthers team. I'm still – say what you will, they beat the Wild. I said the Wild are groomed for playoff hockey. But I still don't see the Panthers – yes, they're a very good hockey team. I don't think they're necessarily groomed. They play a very high-paced brand of hockey, which we've seen over the past couple of years. The Tampa has used that to win Stanley Cups. But before that, you know, it was the big bruisers from the East Coast, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. You got Pittsburgh, the big bruisers from Chicago. They had yeah. some skill, but they were a bigger lineup. Uh, I just don't see that with the Panthers. Very good team and easily can make a run to the cup. Like, I'm not saying they can't. I just I'll, I'll believe it when I see it in the playoffs because I still think they're about a year away. Kind of like the Wild are, in my opinion. I think we're still a year away from making a real push for a Stanley Cup. But with that being said, I wouldn't be surprised this year if the Panthers do make a run at it because that is a damn good hockey team. Yeah, no, they're a very, very, very good team. And on top of that, they uh, they really haven't been very healthy this year. They, no. uh, they've had somebody out of the lineup. I don't remember the stat off the top of my head, and I'm sure by the time that you're listening to this, the number will be a little bit different. But it was something like only 10% of the games, you know, it was like – yeah, you know, uh, like five or six games this year have they actually had their like projected starting lineup from the uh, from the off season ready to go? Wilder, damn good team, a lot of depth, um, and it's good to see that they're not letting the the injury bug uh, you know create any excuses. The Wild have a couple of injuries right now. One of them might be Cam Talbot. We're really unsure. Yeah, I don't he, think he's one hundred percent. I don't think he's one hundred percent either. He has not been his sharpest the last couple of games. You know, we'll just go out and say it. Um, I got chirped uh, earlier this year when I said that uh, Cam had been uh, good, not great. And, you know, something just wasn't quite clicking um, where he would let in a couple of, you know, softies. I think the Ottawa game was not really his fault. Um the team in front of him played very poorly, I thought. But uh, yeah, I wasn't too disappointed with the Ottawa game. I thought that last one, when at first glance, I was like, "Wow, that's a terrible goal." But then you watch it back, you're like, "Damn, he went down, saw the shot, went mm-hmm. down, and the puck deflected off a stick up over his shoulder." What I mean, just weird things like that. And then a couple, like he made a great save coming across the crease. The puck goes around the net, and it's a wide open net. I mean, what do you, he's not Superman. That's a, that's a tough save to make, guys. Yeah. Um. So I don't think it was a hundred percent on him. He's still in the Panthers game. There's a couple bad goals he let in. The Panthers which, game was a little tough, uh, especially late in the game. Um, but it was four goals, I believe, he let in. Right. I mean, four like goals, a couple yeah. of them tough. He, we pulled the goalie of seven minutes ago, for Christ's sake. So, yeah. I mean, they're going to score a couple empty netters at that point. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to bring this up because now we're on the goaltending topic. But with the run, you know, Cox has been on. We're going to call him Big Cock. Big Cox, baby. He's been on a fucking tear lately. 
Um, we've seen this from him before. Um, last season, he had what a nine and zero stretch, I believe he was. Right wow. now, he's on a nine one and one stretch, whatever it is. He's hot. Yeah. I say let's let Talbot get his mind right, get his body right. Let's let him get healthy a little bit. Why not give Cockinen a little bit of a run here? Until he, you know, I mean, we've seen his decline in years past when he gets all these games and all of a sudden just falls apart. But I mean, you're going to get into this more about how he's never played back to back bad games. And we've researched this extensively. So don't come after us. This is, uh, this is something Dev really, really put the effort for, towards, <laughs> you know, finding out because uh, he was on the other side of the fence. Well, so, okay. So, uh, first of all, I, uh, I just, I got a little bit overzealous uh, a second ago. You said nine last year was, is 100% correct. The team won 12 in a row. Right. Um, but CAC, CAC, uh, big CAC, CACANIN, uh, he himself only, only won nine in a row. What a scrub. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I mean, we've seen it from him before, but like I said, if he's playing this good, the best case scenario is he doesn't slow down. You found a true number one goalie that's going to carry you guys into the playoffs. And mm-hmm. you have a solid number two goalie that led you guys last year into the playoffs and played a hell of a series that, you know, kept us in against the Golden Knights. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of a win-win situation. Let's see if – let's get Talbot healthy. Give him a couple of days, a couple of weeks off here. Let CAC run out these next three games. And let's see how he does. This is good competition. These are three games against three very good teams. Well, two very good teams because we got back to back. But still, it'd be a great challenge for him. And I, I really think he, we need to see that from him. Because if everyone is saying, you know, bench Talbot, he's not the guy. Well, we got to have a guy. I mean, we yeah. can't just say that, you know, oh, he's had a great run here. We've seen this before. We've, we, we've seen this before from him. And last season, it went very quick. And I know yeah. we didn't play back-to-back bad games, but I mean nine goals and then letting in two goals and then giving up seven goals. It's it's a bad stretch. I mean that's yeah. So it, I mean let's go back to that. Let's go back to that stretch right there, right? Um, so last year, <laughs> uh, last year CAC had um, he he finished off his uh, twelve or his nine-game winning streak, had four days off, and then uh, and then the Wild played Colorado. And they put up six on him and he had a bad game. He had an 857 save percentage. Um, I remember the game didn't play great. Then uh, 11 days later, he played the wild play San Jose. And he lets in three goals uh, as a 906 save percentage. And I do remember that game as well. He actually played okay. It wasn't bad. Uh, But again, that was 11 days later and it uh, resulted in a loss. And then another 11 days later, or 10 days later, excuse me, the wild played St. Louis. And that is the, the infamous, uh, nine burger tough game, really, really tough game. Uh, I said then, and still think now that Dean probably should have pulled him, but I understand, you know, he didn't because we either had a back to back or something, uh, where cap big cack led in so many, so fast that it would have totally fucked up, uh, Talbot's rhythm too. So he just left him out to dry then the rest of the season, he only has one game uh, below 900. And of course it is, uh, oh, sorry. He has two games below 900, but um, uh, one's a win. So who cares? And uh, the other one was against St. Louis again, where he lets up seven. That was a tough, tough game for, for, for Capo as well. Not nearly as stiff a competition, but again, that was uh, the, one of the last games of the year. 
team wasn't really trying in front of him. Not trying to make excuses, just more of pointing also, it out that like the the games that he had, you know, everybody had this reputation that or the, there was this uh, like re- narrative that he had a stretch where he was just really struggling. And basically that stretch was when he was getting played five, five <laughs> plus games or five plus days apart. So he would play right. a game, get shelled or like play a game and do okay. Sit for like a week and a half and then, you know, play again. And, you know, in the the days of old where you have a true one and a true two, your backup goalie just needs to be better at those spot starts. You just need that. You just need that out of them. That's not Capo's game. And that's fine because that's not really what the NHL is now with goaltending. The NHL is, you know, a lot more of the one, a one B kind of thing. I actually, you know, we've talked about on this show a couple of times. I like the idea of let's have, let's have them essentially alternate starts. And what I I think I'm coming against that right now. I I mean, I see why you wouldn't want to do that the rest of the year. Yeah. Obviously Talbot looks like he needs some games off here. He just needs a break. Yeah. But I don't know. He's an all-star goalie. He has played fine this year for the most part. It's just going on a bad stretch here. Yeah, That's exactly. my opinion. I just think we need to pump the brakes a little bit before saying we need to trade for Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh, my God. Listen, I say this as a gigantic fan of Marc-Andre Fleury. I was a goalie, and I picked number 29 because of Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, listen, I love Flower. Adding him to this team creates more problems than it solves. Yeah, doesn't like, he have a cap hit of like seven and a half mil or something? Yeah, I think it's only the one I think it's only one year left. So like the cap hit's kind of negligible. I think the wild are in a position where like if we send back a, a decent con like a decent sized contract for a guy like, you know, Victor Rask, I think that that would be, you know, doable financially. It doesn't, the, I really don't think it solves any problems. Uh, and I know you got to take it from no, the it account doesn't. to put that out there too. So, I mean, right. So, yeah, we don't I need to just a very, I say all that to say, I, I love Marc-Andre Fleury. Not only do I not think that he should be on this team this year, uh, he will not be on this team this year. Yeah, that's, it's not a fit guys. And, and honestly, if you're thinking we're going to trade for a goalie at the deadline, I will be blown away blown away if the wild trade for a goalie and like i i had a a buddy of mine ask me if the wild would consider trading for like anton forsberg in uh in ottawa pretty good very very cheap he is a uh, pending huh he's on our fantasy team he's on our fantasy team yeah (laughs) um there's you know and like that makes more sense to me than flurry does yeah um but it still is not gonna happen not this I just, year. Yeah, not, not, not this year. Dude, Talbot, they've seemed to have utter confidence that he's going to figure this shit out. Um, yep. They got it. Kakinen. Yeah. I, let's not. I, it's a rough stretch, guys. Every team goes through it. Yeah. Um, we're not going to win every game. We're yeah. not going to. Like I said, I said this last episode, they're not going to keep fucking shelling out seven game winning streaks either, guys. It's just, it's hockey. It's yeah. such a tight league. These games are so contested and so tight every night, you know? So it, you just got to go with the flow. This is a good team. They got over 30 wins. We're sitting, what, third place in the Central, a point behind St. Louis with a couple games in hand. Like, it's still a good season. We're not nothing. It's not falling apart. 
you just got to get through this little rough stretch. They will, and and we can we're going to touch on this later. But they got a lot of home games in March, and I think they're going to right the ship. So let's let's yeah. just let this play out. They got some good games coming up here too. Absolutely, as you said, Zooch in uh, in the month of March. This will be the last podcast that we drop in the month of February, unless it's not. So looking ahead to March, thirteen home games, four away games. That's still oh, seventeen. The, the four away games, Deb. I wanted to add before we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going. Um, they are against probably the weakest teams we play the whole month. So yeah, the four road games are very, very winnable. And and I could use this as a wild take, but my wild take is way more spicy than this. But I, I could seriously could see the wild, not just because they play 13 home games. I, I could see them going 13, 3 and 1, or 12, 4 and 1, something like that. I really could see that in the month of March, just because we played so good at home. And the road games aren't against juggernauts by any stretch. I think we got Columbus, who's playing better. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> so, I mean, that shit. They, they just love tanking. Philly's all but tanking. Yeah. Um, just not not good teams we're going up against. But they're back-to-backs, too. So I expect a mm-hmm. loss out of one of those. But, yeah, I mean, think about that. You play 13 home games. Let's say they win 10 of them. The Wild this season are 21-5-2 uh, and two at home. There you go. Seven eighty six points percentage. Saying the saying they're going to win ten of the thirteen is not a a crazy, just dumb thing to say. Not not only the three games they're going to lose. I mean, you could lose an OT. I'm sure they're going to lose an OT, win an OT, something like that. I mean, not only is saying not saying ten out of thirteen is crazy. Ten out of thirteen is mathematically the correct answer. (laughs) Exactly. And then you got the four against the weaker, you know, road teams. I mean, in, yeah, it's a, yeah, and it's a hundred percent possible that the Wild win twelve out of seventeen in March, and uh, you know, I don't know what the Avalanche schedule looks like, but the Wild win twelve out of seventeen and 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 pull out twenty four. Yeah, holy! So our road games, it looks like, are against the Blue Jackets and Red Wings, and, and the, the Flyers. Sabres. So I. <laughs> It's a great stretch of road games they got. And then the home games, we're going to see the Stars. That's that's not the best team. We got the Flyers again. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the Bruins at home. Columbus at home as well. And Pittsburgh. I mean, it's it's not like an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not a tough, tough schedule. You got the no, Blue Jackets yeah. twice. You got the Flyers twice. I mean, there's teams, very winnable games, and a lot of them are at home. Exactly. The last month of the season really don't have a strong schedule either down the stretch, which is good to see. You got the Coyotes, Kraken, Canucks, Canadians, Sharks, all back to back to back to back. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's a great thing because that'll be going into playoff time, but maybe no, we'll have time for some get right games. Right. Well, then you end the season with the Flames and Avalanche. So, there's your get right games for the playoff. They're <laughs> not there. Four or five points of Colorado going into the last month. Buckle up because that last game could honestly turn out to be either could for be the Central. Very, or... very. That'd be amazing. Could you imagine and the last it... game? I think is it a home game? It is. What it is a home Avalanche game. Avalanche oh, come to the XL Energy Center, and they have one point on the Wild, and this is the game eighty-two win in regulation. Winner wins. Winner wins. The, the uh, the central, 
Which it's going to be big because you're going to want to play that last wild card. I mean, yeah. you're not going to want to play the. I mean, if you could choose to play the Blues or the Wild, honestly, because I mean, the Wild might be too. You, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. You're you going to want to choose play. between either the Blues or like the Ducks. Like, yeah, yeah. Give me the Ducks. Or for that matter, I mean, even LA. I mean, LA is a good team, but we should handle them. You know, seven yeah. games, no problem. Twenty-four points and. All of a sudden, so the, you I think the beauty is split with these next two against either Toronto or Calgary. I don't know if we take them both. You want to get one of those two. That'll get us what to sixty-seven points. Yeah, if we, I mean, if we get twenty-four, yeah. you're at ninety-one by April comes, and you got thirteen games to who knows win eight of those, and you're at one hundred and seven points. I don't know if it's enough to win the central, but yeah, hey, I think the central is going to be around central, one. I think you have to go fourteen and three this next month. I mean, you I, have you have to get twenty eight points. Yeah, I think twenty eight uh, from sixty seven. It's got it. It's close to a hundred, isn't it? I'm not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen, mental math is tough. Uh, the listeners, I'm sure, are going to be sitting there laughing and being like, "Come on, guys, it's not that hard." Ninety five points they'd be at. That would yeah. Be so if the so if the wild the wild then would need to basically split this uh the rest of this road trip in Canada so at Toronto and at Calgary. Um, do you have a preference on which of those games that you would rather win? Because I kind of <laughs> yeah. do, but um, uh, I think I know. I think we have different answers actually. I think I'd like to be Toronto just because it's funny and I like trolling Toronto fans. Um, yeah, I I thought you were gonna say that. I I actually I, I if if we have to choose between we can only win one of these, I would rather beat uh, Calgary. I'm with you though. I agree. Um, listen, playoffs, everything about yeah. I yeah, agree. there's yeah the playoff playoff considerations aside. Um, Calgary's a damn good hockey team, and they're getting better. And they 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 added uh, Tyler Toffoli somehow, and they're they're very good. And they're on a, they're currently, as we're recording this on a 10 game winning streak. Uh, I don't think that they play tonight. So by the time that you're listening to this, they will still probably be on a 10 game winning streak. They're very good. They're by far the best hockey team in Alberta. Let's, let's say that. Um, And what they've done is just very impressive this year. The, the reason that I want to beat Calgary on Saturday has nothing to do with any of that. And everything to do with the fact that at, ahead of the first game this week against Calgary, the Wild all time are 40, 40, and 15. It is a perfect dead tie in, uh, against, uh, against the Calgary Flames. And I want to break that tie in favor of the Wild. Well, and I recognize that, like, the odds are, you know, there's a 50 50 chance that whoever wins the first game loses the second one. Right. Um, and then we're just right back where we're at. So, like, yeah, I, I mean, totally get that. But back to back against Calgary, too. That's uh, we got a tough stretch of three games here. Mm. Yeah, three, three, three games against opponents who are very good hockey teams. Three uh, against opponents we could lose to as well. So we could definitely, we could absolutely like the thing about this Wild team and this uh, this stretch here. The Wild could absolutely lose all three games, and if they do. You know, it's going to depend on how the games actually go, but I don't think that that should be cause for concern if the the Wild do drop three in a row. I don't think that they will, uh, but I also don't think that they win all three because that's a tough ask. So you win all three, then all the fans are (laughs) right back to normal. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. 
Um, but I think I think realistically they probably split the away games and then win win the home game against Calgary. If I had to take a oh. take a guess, I'm not going to take any guesses now. Or uh, I'm that's gonna, fair. I'm gonna let him let him chill for a second. That's very fair. <laughs> yeah, the last time I said this, the 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 wild uh, flipped that. So yeah, I don't know. This is it's three three games that are going to be very very exciting and good games. Um, the Toronto the Leafs game itself especially should be fun as hell to watch <laughs> yeah that, that first game we played against him very fun game yeah and i shoot out so Grillo had that dirty goal where he comes yeah the other thing too about about the toronto team is i think bruce boudreaux's mom still has uh placed a curse on the leafs so that they can't beat the wild uh you may remember a couple years back um bruce's uh bruce's mom as uh as she is referred to uh, told everybody that a long time ago she had placed a curse on the Leafs that they wouldn't be able to win the Stanley Cup because they had cut her son. And they haven't won the Stanley Cup since. And uh, she hasn't she hasn't taken away the curse. There was rumors that the Leafs were going to hire Bruce as an assistant coach uh, last year to be an assistant uh, bench boss to Sheldon Keefe. And if that had happened, you know, Bruce's mom probably would have lifted the curse and then they probably don't blow that series to Montreal. And then who knows what happens in the playoffs. There you go. Now we figured out why they're so cursed. But um, Bruce's mom. Bruce's mom. And we love Boudreaux. He had a great line the other day. I can't remember what it was, but he was talking about his team. He can't feel bad or something. He's like, you can't just go moping around. You got to play the games. He's just a great fucking quote. I love love Bruce. Bruce so much. I was actually, before we get to our you know, closing remarks and everything. I was going to ask you if your opinion has changed. Do you think the wild need to go out and acquire someone at the trade deadline? Like maybe a center. I know Hartman, he's got four points his last 12 games, only one goal. Um, I don't know. I feel like we, we were very against a trade, but now I'm starting to lean on the other side a little bit. I think, I don't think a center would hurt the wild in in the long run going out and getting another center because yeah. besides Erickson Eck, we don't have a bona fide, you know, center. <laughs> really, we just got a couple guys that are filling in, you know, doing a good job at it. But I mean, really, you could find a number one center to put between either Boldy or Fiala or Zuccarello and Kaprizov, and I think either or would be a great choice. <laughs> so you said, "Do I think that the Wild need to?" And that answer yeah. is no. I okay. do not think that they need to. I think that. If the Wild are going to go out and add a center, it has to be a top six guy. Yes. Has to be. Like somebody said, like, what about like adding like Brian Rust? And I was like, who the fuck wants to add Brian Rust to the bottom six here? We don't like, need a we, bottom our, six. Our bottom five. six is not the problem. And yeah. I mean, quite frankly, our top six isn't really a problem either. But no, like, I don't think anything's a problem. But No. If, you, if you're going to make a trade, it has to be for a guy that is going to be both ha- like has playoff experience and would be able to play top six minutes with... I mean, there's really only three names that come to my mind, and we've talked about them before. That yeah, Pavelski, Drew, and Hurdle. It's the only three. that I, if, we, if they trade for any of the three, I think I'd be ecstatic. I don't know if I'd say ecstatic. Uh, the JT Miller trades, are, the JT Miller rumors are heating back up again. Um, I don't know. We're going to have to give up Fiala for him. And I, and I, I don't know, man. There's been... 
we we we'll go. Let's just say we can go into this on a future episode. We might do a bonus one, and we're going to deep dive the a way to keep Fiala and Dumba. So we're just going to save that because Ooh, little, little teaser. But yeah, there is a way, Wild fans. We can have Dumba and Fiala on this team next year. And the way Fiala is just a slow starter. That's all it is. <laughs> he just starts slow every season. Every time. And he gets and, going. Um, and Kaprizov is kind of the same boat too. He's the same way, yeah. But um. So like you know, we just have to accept that like we're used to the wild coming out and being pretty damn good in October, and right. we just have to deal with the fact that like if we hey if we can get over the fact that like the first like seven or eight games in October might not be the most fun to watch, um, you know, but the games in like you know May are going to be more fun to watch. Like I'll take that trade every day of the week and twice yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know. What the, I, I just don't want to lose Fiala at this point. Uh, I think he's going to be crucial to a playoff run for the Wild. 100%. He's been great in the playoffs. He's been great in the playoffs. Like both both times we've been to the playoffs with Kevin Fiala, he's been great. So, I mean, the the Vancouver series, he might have scored every single one of our goals. I mean, <laughs> he might have scored every <laughs> single one. Um, and even last year against Vegas, he was very good. He, and there was a couple – he couldn't buy a goal in that series, if you guys remember. Yeah. Um, he he was flying all over the ice. I, I don't know what his expected goals were in that series, but I have oh to imagine that he had to he had to have been leading the team. It was he was it was a man possessed out there. He was doing he he looked better than Kaprizov in that series. And 100%, I, I don't think absolutely. So I think a guy like him with a Kaprizov that's on in the like you'll have two lines that are going to be going at that point. I really do believe that you'll have two lines that are going to be going. You'll have a full blown shutdown line with the grief squad and you have a fourth line that has as much skill and chippiness as any fourth line in the league. Like and this you will can... be my last point before we go into our outro, but yeah. how about uh, Bukestead? Holy moly. He came back and he's looked very good. I mean, we knew that was a roster spot. He wasn't going to lose. In my opinion, you can't keep Bukestead as a fourth line guy. Bukestead is a yeah. great fourth line player. And yeah, no, I agree. And you can move him up and down the lineup. That's the beauty of Nick Bukestad. A Connor Dewar, can you really move him up to the first line to play with the Kaprizov and them? I don't think he can. But Bukestad, he could go up there and play, you know, minutes with Kaprizov. And I mean, we saw that last night. I'm pretty sure he went up there over. He went up with uh, Greenway's line too for a few. Yeah, seconds. yeah. He's, someone you can move up and down. The yeah, I do agree that Bukestad has a versatility that. You know, he's he's a Swiss Army knife player yeah. for for, you know, do we need him at left wing? Cool. Do we need him at third center? Cool. Do we need him at second line right wing? All right, cool. We can work that. If we have Bukestad on our fourth line, I mean, that that is awesome. You're right. That first game that he came back, I think he had a goal and an assist. Yep. And it was not a coincidence that that was the best that the fourth line had played all year. Yeah, no, he's in he's months. a big part, I think, to this Wilds playoff success too. A big body, um, just I don't know. Having those two, I wouldn't say that. Well, obviously, Boldy's got size, but I mean, I wouldn't say our two scoring lines have very good size at all. I think they're a little undersized. <laughs> if, sure, if we want to lean to that, but I don't yeah. think Kaprizov call him undersized. You know, like even Zuccarello. I love seeing Zuccarillo's game transform here with the Wild. He's back checking, uh, yeah. staple people to the boards, and it's weird that Lizard King uh, calling him the Lizard King. It, it's such a great nickname. Him with his stick, holy shit, dude! He there's a couple, uh, a couple. Oh my god! His stick out, and it like stuck to his stick, and he did a little one stick handle. It's on his. I'm like, whoa, dude! Yeah. What is that? If I have to hear 
non-wild broadcast mention the fact that he plays with a super long stick. Oh my god! Again, dude. every time it's so funny, it kills me every time. They're like, oh, well, he's 5'8", but he plays with a stick that's however many inches long, and that makes him have a reach of somebody that's actually a 6'4 player. And it's like, okay, cool. Fun stat. I've heard it literally every single time that the Wild have played that I didn't listen to the LaPanza broadcast. Every time. Like, I don't know. Just do do your homework, guys. (laughs) All right, before we take off, we're going to end the show the same way we end every show, by giving our Wild takes. Zooch, do you want to do the honors and go first? Yeah. Uh, my wild take. Um, I'm really excited to hear this because you've been telling me for uh, like an hour and a half that you've got this like big spicy take and I have spicy. no idea what it is. The uh, and it's for, and, and it's an NFL one. Um, oh boy. We'll see. I could get some hate for this because I know Nick Wright was getting dunked on, but he was 100% correct. And I know he's a cornball and that guy's an idiot. And a lot of the shit he says, you're just like, what? I get that. But he made a good point. And I agree with them. The Cincinnati Bengals will not make it back to a Super Bowl. And and hear me out. I think they got insanely lucky this season. The AFC was at like probably the worst it's been for a long time. I mean, the Titans as a number one seed was not. I mean, anyone looking at the Titans? I very much disagree that the AFC was weak. Dude, the Chiefs and the Bills were the only two teams that I saw as a threat in that whatever. Um they had to play each other. So one of those teams spawns in the other. I mean, I personally, I would have loved to see that as the AFC title game. I think the Bengals, they really deserve to make the Super Bowl after that second half against the Chiefs. But if the Chiefs kept their foot on the pedal, they win that game. Personally. I mean, the Chiefs try to keep their foot on the pedal. They, That's uh, what cost them everything. Well, also right. But hear me out here. I think they got lucky. They got to play against backup quarterbacks in their division all year. And a, a very aging uh, Ben Roethlisberger who was not good. Um I'm pretty sure they played the Bengals twice without Lamar, or I mean uh, the Ravens Ravens. twice without Lamar, um, and the Browns struggling without Baker. Baker injured all year. So their division was at probably the weakest it's going to be for a while. Division was weak, yes. I'll give you that. The division's going to be weak, or it's uh, weaker than it's going to be for a long time. You still have Josh Allen, Herbert, uh, Mahomes, all these guys who, in my opinion, are just as good as uh, Burrow. Um, And I think they very much overachieved. I just don't see them going back. I don't see the route for them getting any easier. And I think this year it just worked out perfect for them. They had probably the weakest number one seed I've seen in a long time. The Titans were not a very good number one seed. Um, But granted, they did play through injuries all year. So, I mean, there is that part of it. They were very deep. Um, But I don't see them as the juggernaut that the Chiefs were, or even the Bills. (laughs) That's just my opinion. Um, They got the easier team to get to the AFC title game. They got to play a Ravens team that, for some reason, just snuck in somehow. I don't think they were very good either. And <laughs> they, they played a, a tough game against them, but I don't know. Something tells me that the Bengals got a very lucky season this year, just because everything kind of went right for them. Um, sure. And it's going to get a lot harder for them. Herbert's going to have a team the Herbert. If you give Herbert a defense, he's dangerous. Uh, Mahomes, obviously he's the, one of the top players in the game. Same with Josh Allen. I mean, all three of those guys, in my opinion, are better than Joe Burrow. And he needs a line. I'm sorry, but if they're not going to improve the line, you just how – how they won playoff games with him getting sacked nine times a game, I don't understand it, other than the fact that they got insanely lucky. And a lot of those turnovers that they had, like the tip balls going up in the air, I'm just like, what the hell is going on? They just had the horseshoe up their ass. 
Uh, I just don't see it. I don't think they're that great of a team. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the regular season, they're beating teams like Jacksonville by three. Just they had a great run. They put it together at the right time. Uh, they played a weak uh, playoff schedule, in my opinion. I'll die on that hill. I don't think the Raiders or the Titans were that good. And, uh, yeah, Bengals not going back to the Super Bowl anytime. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll push back on this because I don't I don't know if I would say that this is, like, super spicy because to, you know, only two teams make a Super Bowl every year, so you're basically know, saying know, that there's a – there, there's, there's people out here acting like Joe Shiesty's about to get back to the Super Bowl, like, fucking four times. Like, come on, guys. I don't, Probably I don't not think- four times. I mean, you know, if the um, if the over under is set on like you know one and a half, I'm probably taking the under in the in the the next ten years or in Joe Burrow's career. I probably take the under on on one and a half, but I I think they make it back at least once, if only because having a quarterback that can do the things that Burrow can do can make up for a lot of other deficiencies and. Uh, you know, yes, you have to be lucky uh, on a lot of things. And like the Bengals absolutely knocked it out of the park with a lot of their free agent signings this past year. But the counterpoint of all of that is they now have like, you know, they have a little bit of experience. They have a bunch of young guys on, on cheap deals. So they, all of their best players, uh, you know, are making rookie are on rookie deals basically it's entirely possible for them to rebuild their offensive line in an off season with the kind of money that they're supposed to have. We saw the chiefs do it last year. So, you know, if they're going to do, if they're going to make another run at it, it's probably got to be the next like three years, but who knows? Um, yeah, I just don't even think I personally, I don't think Joe Burrow's the best quarterback in this division. <laughs> my opinion. I mean, I'd probably think I take Lamar over him. Sure. Just because Lamar is just so damn Oh, Lamar is a freak athlete. He's, He's unbelievable. And, and that's just, I don't know. You, it, the Ravens, dude, they were decimated this season. You don't think that had a, a, a you know. Yeah, no, the Ravens lost two. like what, like five running backs by week two. You know, it's actually funny too. If the Vikings close out that game against the Bengals week one, the Steelers win their division. I'll just mm-hmm. put that out there too. So, yeah. I mean, I, it, they, I just think they had everything go right. And I don't think that happens again. That's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know if I would say that's spicy, but I, I think that's fair. No, I just um, think people are being too, uh, oh, he's going back for sure. I don't know. You yeah. can't say for sure. I no, mean, the only thing, yeah, the only, the only sure things in the NFL is that the Vikings are going to let you down at some point. Yep, no doubt. Um, all right. Well, in uh, slightly uh, happier news, I guess my wild take is revolving around our good friend, Matthew Boldy. Um, I was trying, I, I am not kidding. I I've spent about 20 minutes trying to look up what his middle name is so that I could give him a full proper name here. Um, so Don Lushishan does his like player cards where he, uh, basically highlights the value of a player on their contract, right? So Boldy's yep. on his rookie deal and Dom's market value that he has with all of his fancy stats Boldy is worth a $9 million contract right now. Obviously like Boldy's not going to, you know, he, we've got him for this year and one more and that's not going to, you know, be a, be an issue here, but uh, he's not going to be making nine, but he is going to be in, in lieu for a pretty hefty pay grade, pay raise. However, I say all that to say he's do he's 
on pace, you know, playing as a $9 million player with, you know, like 20 something games under his belt. If that, um, the man is playing at such an unbelievable pace that I don't know if he will be able to win it, but I do think that he will finish top five in Calder votes votes, which will then uh, segue to another year where next year we have Marco Rossi coming up and I think he will finish top five in Calder votes. And then the year after that, we could potentially have Jesper Wallstead come up and finish top five in Calder votes. So I'm predicting four years in a row of wild Calder finalists. Bam. I dig it. I, I'm pretty sure I said at the beginning of the season that uh, Boldy would be top five in Calder votes this season, but then he yeah. got injured. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think that uh, we both yeah. kind of walked it back and and yeah, I should. I mean, I listen. I you asked. Smart, it was a hundred percent the right call at the time. Oh yeah. Um, I don't think anybody could have predicted he would be this good this fast. And right. like, my God, um, you know, I say this on the heels of a game in which he had arguably his worst game as a pro, as a, right. uh, as a NHL player. And also specifically had one of his worst defensive games, but like, I've been very impressed with his defense. Obviously his scoring. Yeah, he, he hasn't been, he hasn't looked lost out there. Like, no, exactly. He, you know, and like everybody, but like everybody always says that like, you know, Freddie Goudreau is the, the defense on that, on that line. But you know, Fiala is on the freaking penalty kill. Granted, he's doing it for short, uh, you know, trying to get shorties, but he's on the penalty kill and Boldy is, you know, he's a, he's in the, 70th percentile according to dom's model he's in he's in the 70 to 90th percentile in terms of uh defensive playability right that's a you know pretty big range but it still is a top tier player so there there you have it matt boldy good at hockey good at defense gonna be a color finalist i think it's gonna wind up probably going to like uh most cedar or something but um we'll see top five though top five for sure matt boldy agreed Woo! All right, that is going to do it for us then. This was another fun one. We thank you very much for listening. As always, the Wild Takes podcast is presented by 10,000 Takes. Go give us a follow on social media at Wild Takes 10K and make sure to follow along with the rest of the 10K crew as well. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you hate the show, tell your enemies. That's a win-win for you. Long live the piss missile. Let's go wild. Stay safe out there, folks. Guzzle some glizzies, Marlo. Be a glizzy gobbler. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. A goblin glizzy gladiator glistening his gullet with golden light. Yes, there we go.